to the believers pushing forward mm -hmm. it was it was crying out to the Lord it was pushing in it was moving the Holy Spirit and people were blessed there were several people weak in the knees it was just a, just an awesome beautiful time and it doesn't have to stop it can continue if we continue God only waits for us to, to call upon him and submit the works so let's do that tonight Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you, God. We lift you up above the problems, above the issues, God. You've brought about a beautiful day as you do every day. God, Lord, we seek your face and continuance. We praise you for this morning, God, and pray, Lord, that it continue, Lord, in our lives individually, Lord, that you inspire us, Lord, that you stir us up to hunger and to thirst after you, Father, Lord. We're going to pray, God, Lord, that we receive, Lord, that we cut out, Lord, the ugliness, Lord, the things that don't belong in our lives, Lord. We rebuke them, Lord, and we take you in and replace those issues, God, Lord, with your truth, Lord, with your strength, God, Lord, with your vision for our lives, Lord. We praise you, Father, Lord. Be lifted up and stirred, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You know, we had such a good service this morning, and, you know, I I hope that's, uh, how do I put it? I hope that, you know, that that's something that should really make us um, want to explore a little more and kind of see where it goes. Right. Amen. Um, you know, when we try God, you know, when we when we try Him and you know we ask Him for things, you know, He's all for a bit of a challenge. He's all for it. You know, He's all for us stepping out and then and us saying, you know, God, I want to see what You're going to do here. Let's explore a little bit. Let's push into this. Let's find out what's on the other side of the veil. Let, let's let's push pack past the the. What I, what I always refer to smoke and mirrors, you know, of, of life. We got so many things that we carry around sometimes, we don't even realize we're carrying them around, and you gotta push past the smoke and mirrors to actually get into the place where God's actually operating at. Sometimes even in my own, my own prayer time, I can admit to you, honestly, I don't get past the smoke and the mirrors. I've just got so much junk in my head that filters that. If I don't, if I don't have an adequate time, of quiet time of prayer, I feel like it didn't even do any good. I just felt like it was like a now lay me down to sleep kind of thing. And that shouldn't be the way that it is. But I truly believe that God wants us to try him and, and experiment, push in. Let's see what's, let's go exploring, you know? Let's go, let's see what's on the other side. Um, I, and I can also talk from experience that I've um, found some very amazing things on the other side of that. Amen. Some very amazing things. And uh, peace and joy um, that I think every one of us not only need to to keep, but we are uh, need, but we need to maintain. And just uh, a, like uh, I think it was mentioned this morning, um, you know, it, taking like a sometimes we just we're, we're dehydrated of God. We're dehydrated, and we just take a little bit of drink and just enough to get us by. And then we're like, okay, and we keep moving, and. We take another little bit of drink, and then we just we leave it off. There's so much more to be had. And so this morning, as, as Laith was saying, everything was working. The obedience to the word, the spoken word of God, 
uh, conviction of the Holy Spirit. Did you not see every one of those at work this morning? Oh, man. And, it, and when you put all of those together and everything starts working together, anything goes. Amen. <laughs> Any, anything goes. So it, it was good. Very good. All right. So turn to uh, the book of Matthew. We always want to look at what Jesus did with, uh, with trying times and some of the things that he was trying to show us in his word and the way they apply to our life. Um, we always especially, I mean, I know we, go, we all have been through trying times. And let me relate it like this. I mean, I know we all have been through trying times in our life at different times. But I will say this. I don't know what you've been through in your life. But as far as a historical perspective, you and me have never been through what is currently going on in our world now and what is to come. We are about to experience and are currently experiencing history. You are. Not the kind of history that I would like to say that would just be, you know, like, it's not a prosperous history. This is one of... Um, Climactic proportions that we are seeing the um, the fruit of all of the sin that has been played with and tried and unrepented of, culminating, as Pastor said, I believe he put it this morning very well, it culminates and culminates and culminates until the gate busts. And we are seeing that now, and I wish... It wasn't the kind, that kind of history that we, we are a part of, but you are indeed a part of history, no doubt. And so we are all engaged in some pretty trying stuff now. This is, this is just a different atmosphere than it was um, two years ago. Yep. Um, there's a picture hanging on our wall at the house. Uh, we'd gotten some pictures um, done as a family and with Pastor and, and Judy and and the family, I think Cody and Lindsay were there. This was a couple Christmases ago. And uh, we have that picture hanging on our wall above our couch. Family photo. That was in December. Now, the reason that picture is special to me, because that is the last, that picture, when I look at that picture, I was COVID ignorant. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was 30 days away from that picture. 30 days. I would not have never guessed that the world would have turned upside down from that moment forward. Oh, right. I'd have never guessed. But I look at my face in that picture, and I, and I just kind of look at all of our faces, and I, and I think, we were ignorant. We didn't know anything. We didn't know what was about to happen. We, we didn't know the things that were about to take place that were about to try us yeah. and to try our faith. Your faith is being tried, Right? And it's not, I mean, no, I know you didn't ask for it, but your faith is being tried. That's exactly what we're up against now is even though it's not one of those type of situations that we prefer, but I can assure you anytime you have your faith tried, it's never a situation you're going to choose. But our faith is being tried. And it's been, it's been really actually, I mean, if you think about it, it's been really put to the test the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, really put to the test. And there's been, there, yeah, different ways. There's been a lot of... Uh, filtering out going on and what i mean by filtering out is 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 um things that that we thought were important not so important anymore 
Um, I would say that if, if you were kind of in between, you're not so in between anymore. Amen. You're like, you know what? I think I probably better get on the right side. <laughs> no, I better get where I need to be. So I'd like to say this. I, I look at God's word and I look at the way that we are told to handle trying times. Look at how Jesus handled trying times. And then model that behavior. Because, I mean, he's, he was the perfect teacher, right? I mean, he had everything mapped out for us. He had it all lined out. He, he showed us exactly how to do it. And a lot of times he didn't actually say, hey, this is for that point in your life. But when you read it, you can see it all over it. It's like, oh, yeah, that was it. That's, that's for me. And you can take it in. And so I want to take something in in Matthew. And some familiar scriptures, but I want you to look here with me. In chapter 14, I think we just sung some songs about some something like on the, along these lines. And by the way, as we're starting in 14, in verse 22, I was, um, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged by worship. And, and Pastor's been saying it, oh, he says it often. Him and I have had conversations about this, but as him being the pastor, he sets the theme and the tone for the church and the congregation. And, he, he talks about uh, worship and how badly we need to worship the Lord and how often we need to worship the Lord. I'm not just saying this because I'm in the family or the son-in-law or anything like that. I'm simply telling you that he is 100% right about the worship that we need to give unto the Lord and that there is so much stuff wrapped up in just worship itself. If you would just do that, you don't have to pray fancy prayers. You don't have to figure out what to say or how to say it. It'll all work out if we can figure out how to properly worship the Lord. That alone, I want, I'm saying that because I want to, I'm backing the pastor up tonight. With that said, there is so much in worship that I have personally discovered myself. I've even got up from worship before and said, he was right. The pastor was right. I, I got to take this one in because, and this is from years of learning Sometimes you just, when you worship, I'm going to say this and we'll keep moving. Sometimes you just have to wait a little while. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. Sometimes it didn't happen in five minutes. Sometimes it hadn't happened in ten minutes. When you worship the Lord, get some time and give him no restrictions. No restrictions. It's just a little bit of advice here. When you get down before him and you're, you're like, you ever done this before? I got 30 minutes. <coughs> you ever done that before? I got 20 minutes. I encourage you, if you really want to experience a worship time with the Lord, do not have a time frame in your mind. None. Get before the Lord and just begin to worship and say, let's just go wherever you want to go tonight, today, this afternoon. Let's just go where you want to go. You might be surprised where you go in a short amount of time. Amen. It's just amazing. Love worship. Verse 22 and straight away, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, where he sent the multitudes away. He had just got done uh, uh, feeding uh, the thousands here in uh, chapter 14, and he was telling his disciples, he said, okay, listen, I need you to, to, to get in a boat. I want you to go to the other side, and I'm going to take care of the multitudes. I'm going to get them straightened out. Just carry out this task. And it says in verse 23, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up in a, uh, into a mountain apart to pray. 
And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. We can relate to this. We can relate to this because the, the contrariness of, of the, uh, the waves and the wind, uh, we can definitely um, connect that to difficulties. And they were just carrying out orders, right? They're, they were just carrying out orders. You told us to get in the ship and go to the other side. And while we were carrying out your orders, we got hit with a strong wind. And we got hit with some strong waves. We got hit with a storm. And I'm just talking like I was third person, you know. Hasn't that happened to you? I mean, you carry out orders, right? You carry out, you do what the Lord has asked you to do. And, and the reason I'm saying this is because over the years I've often heard, I don't know how this happened. I did everything he asked me to do and it ended like this. Anybody? I did exactly what the Lord asked me to do, and here I am in the midst of the storm. Amen. We were just actually talking about some of this this morning. We were, we were never guaranteed, we were never told, the details of what the trip would entail. What, what would actually happen on the journey. And so whenever you picked up that calling, and I don't know what it is, but I believe in everybody's spiritual walk, at some point in time you were obedient to the Lord. And I'm talking it's the kind of obedience where you're broken. The tears are falling, and it's that point where you're like, I'll do anything you want. Anybody say amen to that? Amen. It's, that it's that point where you have shifted over into full submission to God. You're like, God, here I am. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. Lead me down the path that you want me to go. And you're broken. And so it's that, it's that point of obedience, and now you begin to follow God, and now you begin to do everything that he wants you to do, and you're willing to sacrifice whatever it takes to get there. But like everybody's life you get caught in storms things happen and i don't even want to say it like that because you may think i'm trying to sell your problems short because i'm not i'm saying but life does happen though doesn't it i mean stuff happens that you can't plan and stuff begins to take place that we could probably honestly say why am i here i i've hold on a second here i've been obedient i've been i follow the word but yet, here is the storm, and I'm up against something that is so difficult and so trying <coughs> that I never thought that I would ever have to experience anything like this. Why, God, is this happening to me? I can't be the only one that said that. Uh-huh. Why is this happening to me? It's very personalized. Why is this taking place? And we wonder, did we make a wrong turn somewhere? Maybe it was that sin Back a ways. Maybe it turned the whole tide. And maybe, did you hear me repent? Maybe there's something I didn't repent of. You ever roll these things over in your heart and your mind? Tell me how I can get back to a place where there are no storms. And that's the, the whole thing, really. I mean, you can't. It's because the storm is actually indicative of you following orders. If you fall into a storm, it's, it's, not a, it's not a, I just tripped and fell and I found myself in a situation that I didn't like. No, it never happened that way. I backtracked many times. I backtracked, I mean, to, to points when, that were very pivotal in my own spiritual walk. And, and maybe you can relate to this. I backtracked to some of the attacks and some of the, the things that come were, that were stronger than anything that I w- would have ever imagined. 
No one could have prepared me for the things that, that happened. And I backtracked and I began to look at him and I didn't connect him then, but I remember certain things that were happening in my life at that time and I remember the prayers and I remember the, how the word was opened up to me and it felt like I was in another world spiritually. I felt like I was invincible, like nothing could touch me. And I said, man, this is going somewhere. I can feel in my spirit, this is going somewhere. We're going somewhere. God, take me wherever you want to go. You know, you're excited, you're fervent, your prayers are exciting, they're just bubbling over. And I didn't really connect the two. But as time went on, and not long after the bubbly times, not long after the bubbly times came the storm. And I thought it was interesting here, right? As he's fed these people, and one of the greatest miracles recorded would come a storm on the disciples. And remember, the disciples were what? They were disciples. They were learning. They were absorbing the, the information and taking in all of this. And they had just witnessed some of the greatest things that they could have ever witnessed only to get in a boat, following orders still, and to suffer trying of the faith. Is this so unusual at all in our walk? No, absolutely not. <coughs> this is ordinary spiritual th things. This is stuff is, is that we understand that if you're going to be obedient to the Lord, you're going to have to deal with some storms. You're going to have to deal with some storms. You're going to have to be okay. The, um, being in pest control, I operate off of a schedule, and I have to operate around storms. As a matter of fact, I absolutely detest rain in my industry. I can't stand it. Milton knows what I'm talking about. If, if it's raining, as being self-employed, if it's raining, unless it's a very specialized job, I don't make any money. That's not really cool at all. And if there's like a week's worth of rain, oh, this is awful. And so I get kind of upset. And Misty can tell you, I'll just be sitting there. I'll be on the couch. I'm like, can't believe this. It's awful. And to everyone else, it's a blessing. You know, everyone's like, yes, rain. <laughs> no fire danger. Yeah, no fire danger, right? Ponds are being filled. And here I am on the couch, and I'm crying. You know, I'm upset. I'm angry. And, and I always think that's funny because this, the, the storms hold something different for everyone. It depends on how you're seeing that storm. And I realized that regardless of what industry you're in or where you're at, storms are inevitable. It's gonna rain. It's gonna rain. We live on earth, it's, it, you're gonna get some rainfall, especially this time in Oklahoma, uh, we're gonna get some tornado threats too. Why? It's just, it's where we live, it's what we do. And spiritually, it's the same way. This is what we do, dealing with storms dealing with things that are, are not our choice or our liking. This is what we do. So, so here they go, and um, they've got this, uh, um, it says, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, the wind was con uh, contrary, and in the fourth watch of the night. This is, fourth watch was between three and six, I think it was, yeah, three and six. Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. Now, the Bible doesn't say this. It doesn't say this, but I, I want to point something out here, is that if he comes to them walking in the fourth watch, there is a chance, so there's a little bit of, uh, of a possibility that they were detained because of the storm. The storm stopped them from getting to the place where they were supposed to go. It slowed them down. They were not able to get to where they were supposed to go. 
and this storm has kind of messed everything up. And so at this time frame, somewhere between three and six o'clock, Jesus comes to them walking on the sea. And so I can imagine, um, as, you, as you can imagine, this was a, this a major event. Something big is about to happen. And, but I can't help, I can't help but think about that time frame. It's very important that you understand the, the fourth watch because as a storm has, has arisen, it doesn't tell us exactly when the storm arised. It just tells us when Jesus showed up, which was somewhere between 3 and 6 o'clock. Haven't you ever been awake or awakened somewhere between 3 and 6 o'clock? And there was a storm, spiritually. And maybe there was something going on. Maybe, maybe it wasn't that you were awakened by the Spirit. Maybe you were awakened from stress. Maybe you were awakened from anxiety. Maybe you're awakened from, uh, with fear. Whatever the situation, you were awakened in the fourth watch of the night. Storm time. And you begin to cry out. You begin to pray. Those are battles. Anyone ever, I mean, and it's a rhetorical question, I know. Anyone do battle between 3 and 6 o'clock in the morning? Amen. Sometimes no sleep. Sometimes. I, I, we can attest to that. I mean, many of you can. That, that time frame when you should be sleeping is no different for them. And, and we can see that they probably should have already been to where they needed to be, but because of the storm, it's awakened them, and they're not where they really need to be at this point. You could call this, there's a bit of displacement here. Storms just have a way of displacing us. They put us in a place where, where we, we would, we're not comfortable. We're not comfortable in the storm. And, and, you know, traditionally storms, I mean, they last just a little bit of time. And, and, you know, you always hope when you're going through a storm, it won't be very long. But we all know sometimes they're long. And sometimes they're really long. Sometimes they go for months, sometimes for years. Fourth watch. Fourth watch, the time when everyone should be sleeping, the time when uh, there should be calm and peace. There's not calm and peace. And Jesus comes to them walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it is a, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. Now, 26 is really kind of a pivotal scripture. <clears throat> and the reason why it's a pivotal scripture is that the, the tradition was, uh, for the Galilean fishermen, was that if you seen a spirit walking on the water, it was a seaman warning you that your ship was about to sink. So try to play this. As we go through this, think about this. So he, they see Jesus walking on the water. He should be... A sign of peace and comfort right mm -hmm. but because of folklore and because of things that had been said and they had been taught because of tradition because of the things of their culture it had embedded embedded some things into them and so when they did see Jesus the first thing that hits their mind is an old dead seaman come to tell us we're all about to die <laughs> we're, it's this is it they told us that we would see a spirit and there he is. This is it. I'm about, we are about to perish. And so it says here, but straight away, Jesus spoke unto them saying, be of good cheer. 
It is I, be not afraid. One thing Jesus does here in verse 27 is he, he's going to straighten some things out. Let me straighten some things out. And Jesus understood and he knew. They were fearful. And, the, and, and one of the first things that Jesus always does is he calms the fears. Let's, let's, get, this, let's get the fear down. Let's, let's, let's bring it down a notch. And what he wanted them to know is, is that, and I'm not, I'm not trying to insert anything here. He was trying to let them know because Jesus understood the folklore of the time. He knew what the things that had been said. And he was like, no, no, it's me. It's me. So they're thinking dead semen. And he's like, no, 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 hey, it's me. Don't be afraid. There's nothing to fear. The first thing that he does is straighten out the fear factor. That's the first thing that we've got to understand as far as managing and dealing with the things of life is that fear cannot remain present. If it does, it's going to disable us. You'll be ineffective. Unable to do what God has called you to do because fear has a way of, of taking you out of the game and making you ineffective or you're just a bystander and a turn into a spectator. We know that this is not a spectator sport. We have to be involved in everything that's going on. We talked about this this morning. And so even though I might be moving through with the same motions and, and doing some of the same things each and every day, if fear is right here, if you have a heart of fear, you're not going to be able to be effective. And so the question I want to ask you <coughs> is this before we move forward is, what is it? Think about this. I want you to meditate on this. What do you fear the most? What is it that troubles you? What is it deep down inside of you? I'm not trying to dig up something that's not there. <clears throat> Simply saying that if you're in a storm, there are automatically things that we fear. There are things that we're afraid of. I'm going to lose it all. Lathan and I were talking about this the other day, the irrational fear of life. I'm going to go belly up. I'm going to lose it all. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna lose our houses. We're going to lose our cars. We're going to lose the, you know, the kids are going to be shipped off or, or whatever. There's these fears that begin to churn within us. And I, I may never tell Sean about them. Sean may never tell me about his. But here's the thing. We know they're there. And we don't want to deal with them. But they're there. They bother us. We think about them. We pray about them. But do we really allow God to take care of them? See, he spoke into the situation. He spoke into, into, uh, uh, into their fear, and he said, hey, it's me. And we know he's the, he's the God of peace. And so I want you to look at the response here. Let's look at the reaction and kind of follow this. But remember, verse 26 was kind of a pivotal scripture here, and it's going to lead us into what ultimately happens. And he said, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be you. Now, the translation here is a little bit different. This is actually not a question. Okay? This is not a question. It looks like a question, but some, you know, the way that the wording is, sometimes it, it doesn't come across right. It's not a question. He's actually saying, since it is you. That's what he's actually saying. Since it is you, since you are who you say you are, I know it's you, bid me to come to you on the water. And what not just bid. Uh, the translation is, uh, in some of the other translations, it's command. Tell me. Speak to me. Tell me, it's okay that I come to you. Now, um, let's look at what he says here in 29, and then we'll keep moving. 
And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water. Okay. There's two questions here I want you to ask about this scripture, which is going to lead us in the direction that we're going tonight. First question is, is does Peter walk on the water without a storm? Does Peter walk on the water without a storm? And the answer is going to be no. There would be no reason to. Which, if you can answer that properly and you understand what's being asked here, then you can fully understand why the storms exist in your life. There are, certain, there are simply certain things that you just simply would not do, you would not explore, you would not go there, if there wasn't a storm there to get you going in that direction. Sometimes storms are there to get you out of the boat. They're just simply there to get you out of the boat. Not all storms, but some storms are there to challenge you. They're to challenge your faith. They're to challenge what you believe. They're to challenge your comfort zone to get you asking some questions about where this whole thing is really going. Second question is, if I can see it, why would Peter get out of a perfectly good boat? It's because he didn't believe that that was a perfectly good boat. He's thinking because of everything that had been told to him that this ship is starting to lose ground. And I kind of see it in my mind's eye. I'm thinking about him and thinking about this conversation he just had with Jesus. And I can kind of see him saying, you know, this boat doesn't look like it's doing too well. You're out here walking on the water and you look fine. I think I'd like to be out there where you're at. He don't want to be in the boat. Boat's like a death trap now. I got to get out of the boat. Let me get out of this thing and let me come to you to where you're at. And we know that wherever Jesus is at is going to be the safe place, right? Amen. But keep in mind, what was the initial command? The initial command was to get in the boat. Remember? Get in the boat and go to the other side. Then he said, what's the second command? Get out of the boat. Come to me. And I thought that was really interesting. So as he's going through this, and Jesus is giving his commands, what is he doing? He's just following orders. Tell me it's okay that I can come to you. He said, it's okay. Come on. He gets out of the boat because he knows he's bid me to come. I'm going to follow orders. He gets out. He walks on the water. And then something happens. The same thing that we know. We know the scriptures. We know where it's coming. Here it is. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. People have, uh, over time, some have villainized him. Some have said, hey, you know, at least he walked. But I can't help but see myself in him. Amen. I can't. That's me. Right there. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, you know, I don't, I think this, this boat here is about to sink. I'm going to get out and I'm going to come, I'm going to go to you over here. Let's go over here. And then we get out. We just, and I'm stepping because that's exactly how I, you know, you step when you're a little cautious. I don't like heights. And that's exactly how I walk when I'm in a height situation. <laughs> just one step like this and I'm inching my way forward. 
and he begins to see all of the the waves and the and you can imagine these storms um did a little bit of research on this these storms this i'm not talking about like a thunderstorm coming through we're talking about some seismic activity some major <coughs> things major waves this is a serious serious storm hurricane yeah right hurricane um we've got some stuff going on here for surely to be upset and to be afraid about this wasn't just some little thing no different than the storms are in your life you're definitely if i told you i said what what's what's the level of storm in your life i don't know anybody's gonna give me a it's a class one storm out of ten no you're not gonna do that you're gonna tell me it's an eight it's a nine usually below five you don't even notice it it's not that big of a deal this was a big deal these storms are, are very large and so he sees he sees the the wind takes his eyes off of jesus and he begins to cry, Lord, save me. And immediately, it says immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and he caught him. And I, I, don't, I don't know exactly how that looked. We've seen pictures that depict it. I don't know. I don't know exactly how that looked. It was probably something to the effect where as it said he began to sink. So I don't know. Maybe he was waist deep. Maybe he was shoulder deep. I'm not sure. We don't know. But we do know that it says immediately grabbed him. We don't know how fast he was thinking, so I'm thinking, you know, he's he's got him like this, and he's picking him up, which that's the reason. What was that? You're sinking in water, you're going pretty fast. You're going pretty fast, right? Your faith is dwindling yeah. quick. Yeah. You're about to be wiped out, so he's crying. You know, he's like he's like you got to save me. And he immediately grabs yeah. him, catches him, which is the reason that he wanted to be on the water to begin with, because he knew that he'd be okay with him. He knew he was going to be okay. Well, look at this. <coughs> And he said unto him, O you of little faith, wherefore did you doubt? Why did you let the circumstances change your view? Because he had the viewpoint initially. He was locked in, right? He was, he was there. He's where he needed to be. He was, I know what I need to do. I need to get to you. But just like life, we lose sight. Sometimes we lose sight. Sometimes we start paying attention. And, I, and for, for the sake of the, for the lesson, for, for just a moment, I want you to move away from the storm for just a minute. And, and let's just consider distraction for just a moment. That we get our eyes off of maybe, uh, maybe we're not paying so much attention to the storm as much as we are everything else but him. And we forget the reason that we're even out there was because he called us. The reason that we were even there was because we were being obedient and we forget we forget all the things that he done for us before they forgot the people that he just fed forgot the miracles that had been done before but now now we're in a situation that this is real now this is life-threatening and god i don't know what's going on here this is this is too much for me to to tolerate there's too much for me to deal with and he grabs him and, and he you know uh, i would say sturdies him up stabilizes him he said why did you allow yourself to be distracted? Why did you allow your eyes to drift and, and begin to think that I would lead you out here? Now, he didn't say this. I'm just, why did you think that I would lead you out here only to drown? You're going to walk on the water. You're going to come out. You're going to be obedient, and I'm just going to let you drown? No, that's not what's going to happen. So he grabs him. He sturdies him up. 
And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. 32 is a very powerful scripture. Why is it a powerful scripture? Because up, up to this point, if you, if you understand that pivotal moment when um, the, the, their belief that if they see the seamen, they're going to sink. And so there's a lot wrapped also around this belief and what this, this boat represents on the water, right? He wants, I truly, look at the scriptures, and by studying some of this, I truly believe he's thinking this boat is going to sink. I got to get out of this boat. But what does he do? He takes him back to the very thing he started with. Amen. And if you notice that the storm doesn't stop <coughs> when he stabilizes him. The storm doesn't stop until he gets him back in the boat. Amen. That's powerful. That's a powerful thing. The storm doesn't stop. when I don't know how far away from the boat they are. I'm not sure. It says he walked. We're, we're not sure exactly how far away from that boat that he is, but I know that Jesus led him back to the boat, right? He's walking with him in the rain, in the storm, amidst the waves, all the way back to the original command, which was go to the other side. And as soon as he gets in the boat, storm stops. Come back to the original spot. And I thought, I thought, you know what, that's, that's so good because the very thing that we want to flee, the very thing that we want to get out of, the very thing that we would rather not have to face, Jesus turns us around and he's like, come here. No, I don't want to get back in the boat again. The boat's the thing that they've been telling us is going to sink. You know, we don't want to get back in that thing. No, no, come on. We're going back to the boat. And it gets in the boat and then the storm ceases. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. It says here in the last scripture, it says, Then they who were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying of a truth, you are the Son of God. Rightfully so. <laughs> Rightfully so. But there's so much to learn from these scriptures. There's so much to learn from, from the, the event of, of sinking and, and, and where Peter was lost his sight and, and wasn't able to to get himself together and Jesus had to pick him up and, and lift him up and then also understanding that he brings him back to the very place that he started the very thing that he was fearful of the very thing that he was wanting to get out of and leave he said no no we're not leaving that yet that's so good for our lives right now right now I would rather just leave all this behind I don't want to have to deal with none of this stuff I don't want to have to deal with with the thought of war, I don't want to have to deal with any of that stuff. And it's every time I, I would like to abandon something because it would be better just to cut the thing off, be peaceful. Would you ever think about that? You ever think about cutting stuff off? You know, it'd just be more peaceful. We didn't have to mess with that thing. It'd be, it'd be better if I didn't have to do this or have to do this. And it's like the Lord, he just takes you and turns you right back around. He's like, here, come on, let's go. Where are we going? We're going back to the boat again. I would rather not go back to the boat, but that's where we're going. That's where I told you to go. You still got to go to the other side. You still got to get to the place I told you to go to begin with. Regardless of the storm, church, regardless of what kind of storm hits us, we still got a place to go. We still, we still got to stay in the boat, and we still got to keep moving in the direction he's called us to go. It might be, it might be um, uh, threatening. You might feel like your life's at risk. 
Now, it's easy for me to say it right now because I'm not in it. My life at this moment is not at risk. But there are a lot of people around the world right now that are clinging to scriptures. And they're continuing to make that walk. I've heard some very harrowing stories lately. Of, of obviously, the situation in Ukraine is, is, is a big story right now. But I've heard a lot of stories and a lot of harrowing stories of, of common people, common people picking up arms and saying, let's go fight. Knowing that there's probably a good chance that they're not going to make it. But they've got a direction. And they're going to go regardless. They're going to go. Where are you going? Where did he tell you to go? Where's, what's the direction? And I don't care what you're facing right now. There's no reason to abandon it. God's actually leading us back to it. He said, let's finish this thing strong. Let's finish what we started. Do you believe we're in the last days? Amen. Amen. I do. I believe we're in the last days. Therefore, let's finish this thing strong. Yeah. Would you stand? Father, thank you. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, God, for your blessing to us as your people. Father, I pray, God, in the, the days and the weeks and the months to come, Father God, that we, we fully understand your call in our life, Father God. I pray today for the people of Rock Harbor Church, Father, that we, we devote ourselves to prayer, that we devote ourselves to the word, and that we devote ourselves to continuing to push forward in the midst of adversity. Whether it be sickness, whether it be ailment, whether it be exhaustion, tiredness, Father, whatever the storm is, Father, I pray that we push through. Father, I pray, help us know and understand that you are ever-present with us, that you are walking on the very thing that we are most afraid of. Lord, I pray tonight, God, that you give us the strength and the courage to keep fighting these battles. Father God, I, I pray that we get rid of our fears and we toss them for courage. And Lord, I pray tonight, Lord God, that you give us the strength, Father, to, to pray for one another, God, and to push bitterness and anger aside. Lord, I pray tonight for the people, Father God, in Ukraine. I pray for the Christians there. I pray for the non-Christians there, Lord. I pray that you lift these people up, Father. I pray that, that you would begin to touch them and deal with them, Lord. I pray for this, the people of this world. Father, there, there would be repentance, and there they would come to know you. Lord, I pray, prepare us for your coming. Help us to finish the task that's at hand. Father, give us the strength to keep pushing forward. Thank you. Thank you, God, for your strength to us today, Lord. We ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I bless you tonight. I believe that's a... That, that word, I learned a lot from that word. There was a lot of things that were said there just in the scriptures that really stood out to me, and I hope that's something that you can benefit from uh, tonight and moving forward. Uh, any announcements before we dismiss tonight? Anything coming up? Nothing? Okay. We've obviously got a lot of things going on in our words. You hear us say it a lot. Be praying about this. Be praying about that. Absolutely. Be in prayer. Don't take it as just a thing that we say in church. We really do mean be in prayer. Brother Dool, he's having surgery in the morning on his heart. Okay. Just remember our brother tonight.
surgery in the morning. What time? You know what time that might be, Pastor? I think she said eight o'clock. Eight o'clock surgery. Okay. All right. So remember him. Uh, Brother Doyle testified to this many a times. He, you know, he died twice. Yeah. And God brought him back. Yes, he did. Yes, he has testified. Before. He's been through a lot. He really has. He's, he's, been, he's been there when I needed him too. Mm-hmm. He, he's been a real friend to me. He's a, him and Sister Billy both. Yeah. They prayed for me when, you know, when they, when they needed prayer, they prayed for me. Yeah. You guys got a lot of history together, too. Yeah. Absolutely. <coughs> That's very good. Thank you. Any others? I, yeah. I have a friend that um, she had breast cancer. The cancer's gone, but they're taking her breast tomorrow. And um, the chemo caused a lesion on her brain. And so they're going in for that tomorrow, too. So. Okay. Just remember this. Linda? My brother fell <coughs> Thursday morning. He's got 10 stitches above his eye, and he does pretty well sometimes, and then other times when he starts to get up, he's just so weak he can't. Okay. Let's remember this. Any others before we, we dismiss? just want to lift up all of our brothers and sisters. It just seems like everybody's under bombardment. Yep. And Agreed. it's just time to kind of buckle down and join together. What Cam just said there, she said to, to buckle down, and she's absolutely right. We need to we need to buckle down. We need to pray for each other. We lift each other up in prayer. Uh, I'll also encourage you, be okay with being in the fight. Mm-hmm. Be okay with that. If you study ancient warfare, they would lock their shields together. Yeah. You know, yep. the fight. It's a good lock. Yep. Yeah. If you put those together, mm-hmm. absolutely. Group faith, very powerful thing. Okay. Let's pray and dismiss them. Father, you see all of these prayers. Father God, every one of them. Lord, you know them. And Lord, you know the situations that each one of us face. face. Father, you see these ones that uh, have requested prayer for the ones who are sick. Lord, and and dealing with pain. Father, some uh, going into surgery. Lord, uh, some people tired and exhausted. All these prayers, very unique, Father, but you know them all. And Father, we just pray your hand upon each one of them. Father, we pray. Uh, We plead the blood of Jesus upon every one of these prayers. We ask you to be ever-present with these ones in surgery, to be ever-present with us in battle. And, Father, we know that if you are present with us, Father God, that we will not fail. Thank you for allowing us to bring these things to you tonight. We trust and have faith in you, God, to answer them, Lord. And we pray, God, for protection upon each one of these people in here tonight. God, keep us safe. Keep us healthy, Father. Bring us back at the appointed time that we may worship you with our brothers and sisters once again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless y'all tonight. Thank you.